I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, Ricky Bobby. All right. Um, go ahead, Robbie. Give me something. Hello, hello, hello. Check, 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 check. That's really weird to hear myself talk. Check. As the rotor turns. Welcome, Doughboy. Doughboy's here with us today. Y'all get to meet some Doughboy action. Good to be here. He's a he's a little he's a podcast newbie. He's shy, <laughs> but we'll, we'll get him warmed up. He's a few <laughs> in right now. <laughs> As the rotor turns, and you know, Ron, we we, we kind of like had like a, a good episode that we took down, but we're not gonna talk about that. All right. All right. But <laughs> <laughs> so we'll call this episode, you know. Episode Doughboy. Doughboy episode as the rotor turns. And like always, we always start with a disclaimer for as the rotor turns. Um, we got a lot of news today. You're going you're gonna to tell people a lot, about a lot of shit you're doing. Uh, hopefully coming up. You want me to tell them? Yeah, I mean, that's your shit. Like, oh, that shit. Yeah, I'll tell them. Yeah, why do I have to tell them? So, like, <laughs> but like always, like disclaimer that we always start, you know, this is the opinion of Carlos and Ryan and uh, Doughboy's opinion. Not of anybody that we work for, not anybody that hires the rescue company one, or the rescue company one itself. Just Carlos and Ryan and Doughboy. You don't like what we got to say, you gotta listen. <laughs> so, turn the motherfucking thing off. Welcome. Welcome, man. <laughs> South Florida edition, Ryan. Yes, we are in uh, Mark County. Well, uh, technically right now we're recording in the Palm Beach Gardens, like right next to Donald Trump. So if the Trump is listening to this, we appreciate your patronage. What up, Trump? <laughs> Make America great again. Oh, so shit. you know, man, it's been good. that whole thing is crazy. I don't even want to get you talking about that because you know you get crazy when it comes to that I'm stuff. I'm crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, you know, our special guest Doughboy today. Welcome, Doughboy. Doughboy, like we're gonna call him Flight Paramedic Doughboy. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what you boys are able to use when we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> He's if gonna, anything, it's going in the books at least. You know what you are? You're like the Fred in uh in Howard Stern show. <laughs> Fred don't say much, but he says important shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you know That sounds uh, like my type of guy. Yeah, I like Fred. Now I don't know who Fred is, but I know who Howard Stern is. Man, how do you <laughs> I fuck thought that would be a good segue into Ooh. some of the other things we're gonna talk about today. Well, you know <laughs> things I haven't seen or it's no. amazing. Now, <laughs> is the podcast gonna be that long? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what's interesting is, is that you're a dude that like comes up with the most obscure, rare facts. Of some, some just like shit that nobody would know. It's because my mind isn't diluted. And, and then, and then, all of a sudden, you're a dude that just <laughs> has not seen like the one movie that everybody else has seen. Like the hundred movies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or or like the facts, like today. We're just riding down to, uh, we're down, riding down to class. We're, doing, we're here teaching in Martin County, and like, uh, you learned about who did you learn about today? We're Jim doing, Jones. Jim Jones, <laughs> Jonestown, and drinking the Kool Aid. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's just amazing to me. Like, it's just like, how do you, how do you go your whole adult life and then know about that? You've used, did you drink the Kool Aid before, right? Yeah, I didn't know where it came from. It, just like when I watched the uh, fucking. Top Gun. We used to sing that song in ROTC. I don't know what that was about, <laughs> but I get it now. <laughs> oh man, Doughboy oh, is the funniest shit. shit I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Just watching this dude, this is amazing. <laughs> it is so amazing. 
Oh, man. You know, uh, today was a good class, though. Yeah, it was great. These guys are awesome having us back. I don't know why, but they did it, but they, they brought us <laughs> back. And, um, you know, it's pretty cool, man, to see their, their, a lot of pride in, in, in the group of guys that passed and girls that passed last time. Yeah, yeah, it was nice to go in and see that plaque on the wall with all those guys' names on it. Yeah, know, like and girls. And, and girls, yeah. And girls, yeah. You, yeah, I speak, you know, that's what In I'm general at. terms. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, there's a good group of people, which I'm pretty sure they're going to be successful next week when they take their boards. And Yeah, I told that one of the guys today. I said, hey, man, he didn't sound so confident. I said, you seen that plaque? said, your name's going to be on there. And he's like, ah, I appreciate the confidence. You know, <laughs> you know uh, the, the name on the plaque is great, but uh, I was most impressed with the actual changes in patient care that they talked about. I mean, oh, yeah. That, was, yeah. That, that, that part is way more uh, impressive. In my yeah, I don't think you were Doughboy in the room. just showed up. Yeah. I don't think you were in the room when me and Robbie were talking about, I mean, Doughboy, we're talking about this. Let me show you, you don't have to edit that out. And, <laughs> Beep. Yeah. And when Do- the, today, when Doughboy got teaching his, 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 uh, uh, powerpoint and stuff and like just the amount i remember talking to him last year and the amount of people they put on the event was very minimal and then in this year they, they, everybody goes on the event they kept it in the hatch last year yeah yeah and now they, they ride this thing in there they're like telling they're telling us about alarms they're having just you know just and then that's pretty cool man the blood like the oh blood. yeah that's phenomenal the blood is something new to them that we, you know, we kind of, you know, so it is pretty cool to see that we can affect some change on some on some things, you know. I think, you know, I I feel responsible for it. Maybe he's got nothing to do with us. I, I think so. Like, I was talking to one of the guys this morning. Like, they got the blood. They got the the, the Zolvents now. They got the Lucas. Um, there's, like, since last year, there's a whole handful of things that they didn't have. Yeah, they changed um, their camera on, their, on the helicopter, so the video camera yep. is different, you know. It, it's, um... I, I, I mean, it's it, it, like I said, like, you know, I, I want to take some credit for it, but it may not got anything to do with us. Yeah, it's but it is nice to see them motivated and, and you know. Well, I mean, good leadership and an open mind to learn new things is uh, is, is how you make progress. And it's, it's kind of neat to see people doing that in our field. Absolutely. And, you know, the the thing you got to understand, too, that, that like I, I don't think you two guys know, but is uh, this this is not a, a big money county. You know, this is this is not like they're they're this is they budget this stuff and and like this is a big expense for them and they're just they're willing to do it and and whoever their chief is that you know thank you you know for having trust in us and bringing us here and um and, and just yeah that's huge that is huge and the uh, I don't think he minds me saying his name because he's just a legend in the. He's a son of a legend, you know, and, and Cor, Cor, the Corey Rectors, <laughs> the Corey Rectors square. Like the the dad is a, the guy is a, is amazing. I think you've heard me tell the story. Have you ever heard me tell the story about yeah. him saving uh, his? Uh, have I told that on the podcast before? On the podcast, no, I don't think so. Oh, have, no, you, no. have you heard the story, Doughboy? No, I haven't. So, so Corey's dad. We're sitting at um, we're eating dinner one time at a at a clinkon, at a steakhouse. And um, one of the, the, the captains from um, uh, that's brought us down to Broward to teach before, um, Brittany, her mom was the chief in charge of the helicopter down in Broward. And then she, so she brings us down. So anyways, we're eating dinner, kind of like when we're closing the deal on that, uh, you know, you know, we're going to go down to Broward and teach. And uh, she starts choking on a piece of steak. It would have been better if it was a piece of chicken. You know, she's crossing. <laughs> Why would it be different? 
choking on a chicken. Oh, uh, oh check, check, check. I got it. I got it. I'm like, it's, it's late. <laughs> so, anyways, so she's choking on a piece of steak. And, like, um, Corey, now, mind you, this is a table full of paramedics. And now Corey Victor's dad, as calm as day, just walks over and he does, uh, can you choke? Are you choking? Can you cough? Like, textbook, you know. And then she's giving the sign no, and he, boom, boom. Heim looks her, piece of uh, steak out, and saves that lady's life just like that. Did it land so much drink? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where it landed. <laughs> I was just amazed. Like, it, if it would have landed on my plate, <laughs> I would have ate it. This is the maze, like, everybody missed it till he started Heimlicking. Like, like till he started Heimlicking, nobody knew she was joking. Like, Can we she, call it that still? Well, the Heimlicking maneuver? Yeah, absolutely. Right? I, I mean. Th- I think the AHA got away from calling it that now. I think we have to call it the, the abdominal thrust. Abdominal thrust. Well, they, they, you know. Uh, Fuck, that. Listen, he did the Heimlich. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't <laughs> take a man's shit away. The man named it shit. You know what I mean? How, you, how do you take a man's creation away and call it something else? God damn it, it's a Heimlich maneuver. You know, sometimes I start thinking, I'm like, can I say that or should I have said that? And then I go, I start thinking of a small town uh, murder. And I'm like, fuck, I can say whatever I want. I disclaimed it. <laughs> I gave a disclaimer. And, and, you know, like, listen, man, like, the man created that shit. How, how do you take the man's thing away? I think he wanted to, he was like, he wanted, like, royalties or, like, yeah. money and shit. Is Dr. Like, Heim, like, even still alive? Couldn't tell you. I mean, Not the sure. maneuver is, but. <laughs> He's still alive? You, do, you, do you know what they used to call CPR before it was CPR? Nope. Chest compressions. External cardiac massage. Damn, I want one of those. External. Yeah, I'm sure you had. Uh, that sounds a lot more pleasant. You, I'm sure you had one of those with a with a with a happy ending. I haven't had one of those yet either. I mean, not like you know, in a parlor. You know, it's but. amazing how much people don't know about the history of uh, of uh, CPR. You know, that's a good that's a good show. I thought he was gonna say happy endings. You know, like uh, the the Annie doll. Does anybody know where that comes from? Oh yeah, it was a lady in France, right? They uh, yeah. used her face. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was actually, uh, yeah, a lady they found in the River Sinise, and everybody didn't know their names. So they would just call her Annie, and that's how they used uh, the Annie doll. It's like a John Doe. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Annie doll. That's how we come, Annie. Annie, are you okay? Got it. And then like um, uh, back valve mass ventilation. How they became? How they came with that? That you would report to work at your fire station in Baltimore. And they would send you over to what is now known as shock trauma in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. And they would um get put they would basically paralyze you <clears throat> while you were awake. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh provide back valve mass ventilation to see if they get chest rise and fall. That's some shit. Like you just showing up to fight fire that day and that's what they did with you. <laughs> that's a true story. That shit happened. Yeah, that was I, the I shit. Look that up. Yeah, look the shit up. Yeah, I know there's some uh, studies they did back in like the 50s that there's no way they could get away with now where they were uh, checking safe apnea time. Yeah. They would take volunteers, in quotes, <laughs> that were uh, enrolled in our military and they would paralyze them and see how long that they could just safely keep them not breathing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. With uh, blow by oxygen, by the way. That's some crazy shit. Yeah. Wait. So paralyzing only got blow by? Yeah. Yeah. No bad. Weren't in it, weren't uh, intubated, just fucking blow by. Just guys. straight up blow by oxygen. That's why that's kind of where the beginning of the studies of the apneic oxygena- oxygenation for uh, all the stuff we do with RSI patients came from. That's kind of the where birth from. That's crazy. I'm I'm telling you, Doughboy is a is a birth of knowledge, and I, you guys are hearing the Doughboy of now. We're gonna talk about the Doughboy of before, because <laughs> that guy is uh that's my favorite guy. <laughs> we did. Uh, I've done. I've. 
stayed alive on blow by oxygen underwater before. Like oh yeah, that's school, right. We yeah, we take our dive hats off. We take our pneumo line. And you put it to your mouth. And you'd be at like ten feet and fucking just blowing bubbles. You'd be you'd be sucking bubbles into your mouth. No mask, no hat, no nothing, and you'd be on it. And like that's how you you'd breathe. And it was for, a, for how long did you do that for? Uh, I, th- I think it's like two or three minutes. You got to just, crazy just suck bubbles out of a hose. How much water you get any of doing that? None. I mean, really? I mean, very almost about as much as you get in your mouth when you just don't get quite a good of a seal like on a snorkel like a tiny little bit um but you just blow back out you know that's some and crazy shit it was man. nuts it was pretty cool that was like yeah yeah <laughs> how many people pass out doing that none um but it was definitely it was one of the very few exercises we did where it, it was it took a lot to be like fuck i just gotta the quick, quicker i get this done the quicker i get this done you know yeah but people it took people a couple times man it was like it took a lot out of you. <laughs> like, did you think? Did you think about bailing like to the top like the whole time, or you just you just fucking I, I, I once you I, dug I, in? I never let that thought cry. I mean, you, you, as soon as it does, like you let it go, and you're just like, "Fuck, I gotta do this if I'm gonna graduate." You know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, but it was cool. I mean, once you get it, like it's just you just gotta maintain it. You know, and then it's easy. You know? Did you guys do like that whole change out of the hoses and shit in your helmet? Like you just breathing out of the air that's inside your suit for a while or is that true does that happen or so we would uh you would uh you'd breathe down your hat like the the, the air that you have in your hat you know like it and once it's gone you know you can we'd practice breathing on our bailouts and or you would take our hat you would take our pneumo line we'd push it into our hat through our neck dams um you know like keep positive pressure in the hat like in case like your face mask broke or something um you know you do a couple little different breathing exercises but um I don't recall all the different drills we did, but it was definitely some shit where it was like we, we had to train for like worst case scenarios. You yeah, know? Like yeah, we had absolutely. like three three sources of, of air. You know, your main line on your umbilical, your pneumo, and then the bailout on your back. But you know, like that's that, this is some insane shit, man. Yeah, it was not. It was fun though, man. Well, it's fun. It's fun for you. Like, like <laughs> I enjoy that shit. <laughs> most, most people don't think it's fun, you, you know. Like you know, but like I guess you know. I mean, we, we dive class for us is a little different. You know, we did a lot. Of, you know, the mass changeouts and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Changing back and forth, you know. And yeah, like, like when we did the scuba, we did like you know mass changeout, but like scuba was only a very small portion. It was like a two week portion of like the eight month program. Yeah, you know, it was like the very last thing. It was like an elective. You know, it was like okay, you guys are just about done. Let's do some scuba and go swim with some seals and shit. You know, I think the greatest part of that whole thing is that you finished like commercial dive school and then you go live in the woods. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> I love this motherfucker, man. So here's a question I got for you. So yeah. as you're going through and doing that, and you know that like if something goes wrong, you're you're basically you're screwed. So do. Does the fact that there's instructors there to save your ass if something goes wrong help you get through that training, or is it more of a mental side that it's you? It's all go mental with? because the instructors aren't in the water with you. Okay. You're like absolute worst case scenario. Like if you lose comms um, and you stop provi- providing line pulls, like when you don't communicate audibly, you communicate with line pulls. Like yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. You know, like and um, it's basically like Morse code through you know yeah, yeah. Yeah. tension and slack in a line and um, if you didn't fucking respond you would be yanked to the surface um, and you'd be put in a chamber and pressed back down with an instructor but like when, you know if, that would be the worst case scenario you're like, like what the fuck this guy's not talking we have no com- communication yeah, hey blue diver what's up with red diver can you see blue diver you know whatever and if that ever happened you know like there's nobody down there with you except for the guy who's in class with you okay you know like and he doesn't know anything more than you know yeah, yeah. yeah that's you know? that's that's some shit man um, yeah yeah 
It's, it's just like the the uh, discomfort, but like you know, you were like comfortable just being in, a, in an uncomfortable situation, yeah. or or is it that you just didn't know any better? No, you 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 certainly know better. Yeah, like they make it very clear like what you're getting into, and, and if you don't know better, you find out as soon as you start getting to depth, and it gets black, and you can't see, um, and you realize like there's nobody down here but me right now, you know, like and that's when people either quit or they're just like, I got to get over this, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's some insane shit, man. No, yeah, that's definitely different because I know, like, going through like fire standards and whatnot. You go in there, you're in the building, they yeah. let your alarm start going off, and you're like, you know, if something goes bad, there's a, there's like seven instructors in here. Someone's gonna yeah, pull yeah, that's a thing in dive school. Yeah. No, you're down at 167 feet, pitch black. The only thing you can see is what your flashlight's pointing at. Um, yeah. So, you know, it is funny though, like when you bring up the fire school thing, like, cause like I think like. Um, I know I talked about it once. I think my my fire school experience is so different than, you know, what it is now. <laughs> that Because um, now it's like a firefighter one and two. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, we didn't have any of that. Like, I think the class after us uh, started the firefighter one and two. Because I remember, like, everybody at the fire department getting, like, this firefighter two certificate after a while. Because, like, that's the way it just changed to, you know. And. If you left the fire department, you could still be a firefighter somewhere else and all that, you know? So, it was it, it was firefighter one and two for you when you went yeah, through yeah. school? Yeah, I think I went through standards in like 2007, 2008, somewhere in there. No shit, man. And then you, uh, oh yeah, yeah, I remember talking to you this because you did like firefighter one in one place and then you went to another place to do firefighter two. Yeah, yeah, between uh, fire one and fire two, I herniated a couple discs in my back, so I had to set out for a few months and then uh, I jumped to another school so I could get, get in and uh, get a job or actually keep the job I had. You know, he tells too much about himself. They're going to figure out who Doughboy nah, is. Nah, ain't nobody knows who Doughboy is, you know. And we're not going to talk a bunch about, about Doughboy. He's going to let him fill in, <laughs> fill in for him in there. But, um, you know, as far as history, like, one of the things you weren't here when we were talking about this earlier, though, this we got to talk about. Like, the list of jobs that Doughboy has had as a... Uh, uh, as an as an adult, did you start with an adult when you were talking with your kid? So you said he was talking to his kid, and like his kid has so many jobs he's had, and uh, we started comparing jobs. And I think we've had some similar jobs. Yeah, I'm somewhere in the 20s to 30s range of jobs I've had in my life. But I mean, I was inspired my first job by the Nintendo game Paperboy. I was delivering papers when I was in the fourth grade, getting paid. <laughs> oh getting man! Paid. Hey Ryan, did you have a Nintendo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a regular Nintendo. I had a Super. I had a well. I used to go play an Atari at a friend's house, but like I never had an Atari. But Mike Tyson's Punch Out, do you remember playing that? A few times, but oh, like, man, it dude. Like, I didn't play it often. Between that and Tech Mobile, man, those were my jams. Oh fuck yeah, Mike Tyson's <laughs> the little guy just fucking shit up. See, Mikey had hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so hey, so, so let's hear some of these jobs. You got to hear this fucking one story he told about this job. I was pissing my fucking pants earlier. Ooh, I don't know. I told you a few. Uh, oh, you said you said the Dillard's one. Oh that, yeah, that's yeah, the best yeah. One. So, so I got hired to go uh, to be a, a a truck unloader at Dillard's. I was going to unload trucks, put stuff on the floor. It's I like the store at the mall, right? Yeah, 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 yeah the big yeah. store at the mall. Two stories. Uh, place is gigantic. I show up the first day, they're like, they hand me a vacuum cleaner, and they're like, go vacuum upstairs. I'm like, where? They're like, upstairs. <laughs> Your whole fucking place, dude. It's fucking great. No joke. I spent oh. six hours vacuuming the upstairs of Dillard's, and I did that for three days in a row with no trucks coming in. So my job was to vacuum the upstairs of Dillard's. 
So like day three or four, I'm sitting there vacuuming. I get a call. They're like, hey, there's a spill down on the on the bottom floor. We need you to go pick that up. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I go down. I look. And this little kid had vomited all over the floor. I mean, just vomit everywhere. <laughs> just Dude, this is the best part. Watch this. So I'm like, oh, no problem. I got this. I'll be right back. <laughs> I go to the back. I punch out. I leave. I never come back to Dillard's again. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even collect my paycheck. I'm like, you guys can have it. I don't want my money. Fuck. I'm not going to clean up vomit. What fuck. do I do? I get a career in EMS where I clean up people's vomit now. So, <laughs> yeah, so the joke's on me. The greatest shit ever, man. It's like, uh, so what's another one? What's another one of your jobs? Ooh, let's see. Uh, oh, this one. You don't. I know one that you didn't even guess that he was, that he did as a job. Oh yeah, no. Anyone that knows me would know that uh, I am not the uh, authoritative figure, and I was a bouncer at a nightclub for <laughs> for up. about a month, bouncing people. Too. And about after two or three weeks of cleaning up the girls' bathroom after the, after the club closed about three o'clock in the morning, I was done because I was like, that is disgusting. <laughs> Once again, again, EMS. What are we doing? We're dealing with people's people's innards and outards. Oh man, is hey? Did you know he's a private eye? That's a good one. Oh yeah, private investigator. He's a private investigator. Yep, I was the creepy guy sitting in your car, three houses away, taking pictures of Just you. Just picture your shit. Yep. Watching Follow- you do some creepy shit. Following you around while you're cheating on your wife, taking pictures. <laughs> yep. Hey, you know, Ryan's had some good jobs, though. <laughs> I don't talk about a lot of them. Oh, man. Hey, what is one job you haven't talked about on the podcast? Uh, I used to work on a gooey duck farm. What the fuck what? is that? You know what gooey ducks are, right? No fucking, I don't know. Yeah, so it's like the big old clam looking thing with the big old dick fucking hanging out of it. You gotta know. Is that the micro, like, dirty job thing? He went to Shelton, Washington. That episode was where I went to high school. No shit. Yeah. What uh, the fuck is a gooey duck? I'm so, saying. I used to work for this guy, Jerry. It's a... Guy Jerry. That's, a, <laughs> that's just like, right off the bat, that's a, like a creepy fucking name. He was... He was Connected kind of guy. Connected. <laughs> how connected can you be in a town of a hundred? How many people did you say you found out today that was in your town? Well, like where I grew up, the whole town was like 134, 138. But then, like where my high school was, it was like ten thousand people. Oh, okay. So you I mean, big city, big city. Yeah, big city. It's yeah, like, fucking, <laughs> it's like the neighborhood I live in now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yes, yeah, so, like we'd go out, we'd wait for the tide to go out out in Puget Sound, and fucking. Uh, time would go out we'd walk out there and like every eight to 12 inches you'd take like a 12 inch pvc pipe um in length which was like it was like a six inch uh, diameter and push it in the ground six inches and you just do that every 12 inches drop a pipe dude behind you would come over drop a handful of baby little gooey ducks the next guy behind would put a little net over the pipe the next guy in line would put a little rubber band over the net and that way when the tide would come in it wouldn't wash the nets off and the gooey ducks wouldn't go fucking flowing away what's a gooey duck um Where's my phone? So, <laughs> I'm gonna show you a picture of a gooey duck. Is it like a type of clam? Is it a mollusk? Yeah, it looks. Yeah, it's a. Is a mollusk? <laughs> yeah, I believe so. <laughs> I mean, li- the listeners are gonna need, need a detailed description because yeah, I'm guessing I'm not the only one that so doesn't know what like, a gooey duck is. Do you I'm know not, what a gooey duck is, though, boy? I'm not gonna describe it. I'm gonna show you a picture, and then I want you to describe <laughs> oh, it. Oh, absolutely! I love this. <laughs> and you can eat them, and they're huge on the Asian market. Wow, it looks like a cock and balls. That's what I'm saying. It looks like fucking somebody's satting some gum. <laughs> this this would be the job you would have. So I'm looking at a scrotum sack with a curvy cock on the end of it. Uh, Stuck between a clamshell. Hold on, hold on. Doughboy, it's a clamshell with a big cock. It's a cock belt. It's a cock shell. So those things would How, be. Wait like, a second. How'd they get the beans above the frame? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> what movie is that from? Couldn't tell you. Oh, man. Doughboy. You see what I'm saying right here? <laughs> no, nah, I'm with you, man. Oh, my goodness. Like, I laid is... it out there just to see what we'd get. But Oh, uh, yeah. It, it, it's like something about Mary. Oh, I've seen it, but I don't remember that. that uh... Cocky. Okay. God damn it. God you know, God bless it. I, I wish Trish was here right now because she would she would like be reading off the ten thousand list of movies that um. It was at least ten thousand. Oh man! <laughs> so so Ryan, tell people what you're gonna be doing because this is a, this is a great idea. Yeah. So Carlos came up with this excellent idea of um as our listeners. Well, well, we came up with the idea. Well, you came up with the idea, and it was it was our banter back and forth that, that yeah. conjured it up. Um. But as everybody knows, I haven't fucking seen any movie ever. I can um, verify that. <laughs> and uh, but we're gonna do like a little, uh, a little side channel, or we're trying to figure out how we're gonna do it. But basically, well, we're gonna do a movie review of yeah, I all think, the, the movies I should have seen already that everybody else has seen that I haven't. You and, know, I, I think it's a good thing too to like tell people you you you're th- you know uh, you're moving um our, a lot of our stuff over to the Patreon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so like I think that'll be one of our Patreon type things that, that we're Certainly. seeing. Yeah, you know where people can um you know just you know be a subscriber. Yeah, because as time goes on, you know we're going to start creating a whole lot of content. You know we kind of want to have it um, organized. Um, yeah. So uh, you know you have the ability to to chime in and um you know donate financially so that you can help us you know uh, help support us and allow us to create the time to grow that the we channel. can allocate you yeah know, absolutely you know, um, these efforts towards and um, create more content for people and just different things people want to listen to. Um, you know, because a lot of our viewership have uh, different intents when they listen. Some want to hear some of the stupid shit we talk about. Some want to get some education. Yeah. Um, some want a little bit of both. So, uh, and, you know, of course, you know, we want to also just, you know, do what we want to do at the same time. You know, yeah. so we got a lot of different uh, avenues of approach and, um, you know, it's really it's still kind of in the making. You know, it'd be hard to sit here and say this is exactly how it's going to be. But we got a lot of things in the making and. Yeah, I definitely think your movie reviews are going to be great. I cannot wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love listening to you guys make fun of me. And <laughs> well, we're, we're, I think just your description of certain things are just humble. It, like, Ryan has a way to describe things that just, it, it, it really, even though he's describing something I already know about, it captures my attention and I listen. <laughs> and like, I will spend, I spent the whole ride up down here the other day just listening to Ryan about describe something and it's just great. I, I, <laughs> I think uh, that I have never had the most spirited conversations with anybody ever. <laughs> and I wish we could record everything we ever talked about. Because, like, yeah, people would love what, fucking listening to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can say the same about you. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I'm definitely not as interested as whatever the fuck comes out of your mouth. It's fucking great. I now, mean, you keep me interested, you know what I mean? <laughs> but but it's just the, the fact is, that, and I want—I think I'm going on a limb here, and I'm going to announce this first movie that Ryan's going to watch and review, <laughs> because I think it's going to be great, and it's going to be Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I am a Heath Ledger fan. Great Joker. He's a great Joker. Did you see yeah. the Heath Ledger Joker? Yes, yes. yes. Okay, it's good. A damn shame what happened to him. Yeah, wow. immersed into you know, immersed into the character he was. Yeah, God, he was good. Every everything he oh, did. I just like, thought of a movie that we haven't added to the list. Hold on, Gangs I, of Gangs of New York. Yes, I thought he was gonna say A Knight's Tale, but yeah, Gangs of New York. Yeah. I've seen it. You seen A Knight's Tale? Oh, yeah. Okay, but you know it's funny. <laughs> you never shit. know. You never know with me. Hold on, if, I'm gonna get a little weight here. Ten things I hate about you. For yes, talking about Heath Ledger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Matthew McConaughey, right? Or no. No, that's ten, how, ten, uh, how to lose your man, how to lose in, ten, your man in ten days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we ba- about you. Uh, fuck, I, 
Maybe. <laughs> so we figured so, out that Julia Styles is that who it is? Yeah, yeah, Ledger? yeah, yeah. Good flick. You know, we fig- when we were asking him about the list of movies earlier, though, boy, like we figured out that if the movie comes with two dicks, he's watched it. If it doesn't have two dicks in it, he hasn't watched it. Well, I haven't seen Brokeback Mountain. Is it? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the exception to the rule, which is why it's number one. But man, you watch some girl movies. Are those two dick movies? Give well, me a two dick girl movie. Well, you've watched uh, uh, How to Lose a Man in Ten Days, obviously. The love yeah. with a love fern. That's, I won't. I won't rest my case on that one. <laughs> the fucking love fern. You've killed our love fern. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> oh man, but a time to kill. You haven't seen. Doesn't ring a bell. Oh my goodness. You see what I'm saying? I'm with you, man. <laughs> you see what I'm fucking saying? It's crazy shit. So, um, you know, uh, on the educational note, though, uh, we were talking about one thing today when we were leaving class. You know, the the last like three weeks we've been teaching the, almost a, pretty the same stuff that we always teach. You know, yeah. right? So, and without uh, without changing. Um, today, I was timing myself on the um, on the just introducing ABGs. Right. So it took me like a matter of like, I think like it was like in 10 minutes, like I had like 10 light bulbs just go off in the class and it was a bam, bam, bam. And like, oh, my God, I understand it. And and, the, and and I've been fine tuning it like it's not a it's not a fucking exact science, but I've been fine tuning the, the it's the same thing. But it's just the delivery of it. I think it, it just changes, you know, per class. And sometimes it requires more explanation. But I figured if I just introduce it the day before we're going to come back and do it like it, it, it it's that very end of the day um people um come back and like say hey man like bam like i, I got this and i went home and i was thinking about it so it's almost leaving them like with a cliffhanger right throughout the whole day no matter how much we beat them up like i've been noticing all these classes they keep up like they they're watching their intent, they're writing, they're asking questions and like they're beat up. You could tell like they don't want it. It's almost like they don't want to keep going, but they're like just like they're in, they're engaged. And I never noticed it till Scott said something last week when we were in class. And I think I said something in the last podcast about it. But if I didn't, let me just say like last week we were teaching. Scott is uh, an amazing teacher. It's a mentor of mine, and he was um, in the class. Te- you know, he came in and taught some classes for us. And oh, that like the Pete stuff. Yeah, that guy's phenomenal. And he's coming yeah. back this week to teach the same thing. You know, and um, he basically like said last week. He goes, "Dude, I watched all day, and like no matter how much information you were giving, people were engaged in it. I've never noticed that. You know, so that was kind of nice to hear. But then I started being more attentive today, especially when Doughboy was doing his lesson." And I was watching them and not like, that's an intense, it, it, it happens to be one of the things I think that people have the, one of the most fears about. What, yeah. It's just, and, they're unfamiliar with it. So yeah. And it's, a, you know, it's a mechanically mechanical ventilation. Some of those things that just people, yeah, just, you know, we're used to bagging and we're comfortable with it and they don't want to engage in that a whole bunch. And then they're scared about the alarms and it just, people make more of it than what it really is. Right. I th- Go ahead. I think something you both do, and to an, to a degree of either intentionally or not intentionally, but you recognize again, like consciously or unconsciously, like where people have the disconnect. Um, like you're delivering information, and again, you're watching, and you you could you sense where that where, where the missing link is at, and 
even though you don't realize you're doing because I'm at least that's how I take I got listen to both of you talk all the time mm-hmm. and I don't I don't have to address what I'm missing I just have to talk what about about what I know and then if, as long as we keep going back and forth eventually you address that piece I was missing and I'm like oh fuck there it is that's that's it whether you did that on purpose or not you get there and it's just a matter of keeping me engaged and and waiting for that opportunity to, to fill that gap and you do you do it all day in class again like whether you're doing it on purpose or not it, it's happening and and that you create that energy and the students get that and again like those light bulbs are going off because you're finding those gaps you know and, and you fill them um, and, and, and you know man like we're filling gaps for ourselves too because because i don't think that uh, this is a cool thing i mean at least for me every time we're teaching i'm actually picking up new shit Oh yeah, absolutely. Like That's I'm right. actually picking up new shit. Like I'm always learning from these guys, and and it's like um, I was talking to Dakota yesterday because we were, you know, I was like, man, dude, like nobody has this. Nobody's an expert at this thing, and he's like, he always gets freaked out about taking a test and this and that. And I was like, dude, just just go into it. Like there is stuff that none of us know. Like I mean, we we don't know everything, and like the. Uh, we may we have to look up answers and we have to look up things, but I think that's the biggest thing of our job is knowing what you don't know, you know, or like realizing, hey, I don't know that. Let me look this up. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that's uh, one of the things. Like, if I don't know something, one thing you can guarantee is I know how to find the answer. And uh, telling people that it's okay to not know every little bit of information, but know where you're going to go find the answer is uh, just almost as important as knowing the details. I mean, obviously, your basic skills, everyone should know those, but once you start getting into this stuff that's kind of the outliers that you don't get to see every day, knowing where to go find your answer is really uh, is, is really as important as knowing what the answer is. Doughboy, the, the, the responsibility that goes with this job, is uh, to me, is one of those, like doing the right thing when nobody's watching type things, you know? I mean, because you, you don't get policed. Oh, no, yeah, you have right? a lot of free reign, yeah, yeah. doing what's right, absolutely. And it's like, you know, I think that there's a time, I mean, I think today I, I did mention, um, I mentioned about a case, you know, that me and you had and um, where, you know, I was heavy, it was one of those things that I got too comfortable working working and not communicating effectively, you know, I think you know what I'm talking about, oh, right? Oh, yeah, yep. And where we, you know, I messed up, I gave too much medication, and, um, you know, it's like, man, I gave too much meds. I, I mean, I gave too much meds. I felt comfortable about the dosage I gave. It was wrong because it was out of our dosage range. You know what I mean? And, and um, but I was comfortable in the dose I gave. I, and we didn't have a bad effect. However, we were pretty on top of the patient the whole time. And when people weren't paying attention, I think that's when the, the, the everything went the way it did. And, um, but what I was trying to get with that is just the responsibilities. Like when it was like, hey, did you give too much? Yeah, I did. This is why I did it, you know, and I had a good explanation for it. I wasn't trying to be, um, I wasn't trying, basically I was thinking of the patient when I did it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you I know? think uh, uh, when you make a mistake and you're erring on, make an error on the side of doing what's best for the patient, it's obviously a little bit more acceptable than if you're just kind of being cavalier and just doing what you want because it's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, even more important than that is after the fact, realizing that a mistake was made, owning up to it, and then making uh, making sure that you're following through and so you don't make that same mistake again. And I think that's one of the things, uh, especially 
working with you and working with other people that uh, it's one of the things I really try to make it a, a point of emphasis. If, if there is a mistake made, how do we not make that mistake again yeah. in the future? Learn from it. Yeah, right? absolutely. Recover. When you operate with integrity, with the, the right intent, and you're, and you're humble through the process, regardless of where you fuck up or what you do, as long as you're you're trying to do the right thing, like people will they'll let you learn from that. Like remember I was telling you the other day, I think it was the owner of the Dell computer company, one of his guys, he fucking, he did some stupid shit. He, yes. he cost the company yes. $250,000 and the other guy's counterparts or his coworkers, are you going to fire this guy? He's like, fuck no, I just spent 250 grand training this guy. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> no way. way look at it, man. <laughs> you know, like absolutely not. You know, though, um, we do have to do one point though here. The, the path to hell is paved with good intentions, right? Like, so, you, you know, we can't take, you know, when you, you just a deliberate, you know, missed negligence and... What's the difference between negligence fuck up and, 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 and then say, hey, man, I was thinking of this, you know, and, and now, motherfucker, you were just, you fucked up. Yeah, well, that, that, there that's, is a that's fuck up, right? Negli- you can't be negligent. For instance, in the military, there's no such thing as an accidental discharge on your weapon. You don't accidentally discharge your weapon. It's not a thing. You negligent, negligently discharge your weapon. And you you got to understand the difference. Like, no, you, that wasn't an accident. You were being fucking negligent. You knew better, and there was something that could have been done to make sure that never could have happened. Yeah, absolutely. That's a it's a it's a very very distinct difference. And when and it seems vague, and it seems like it's a gray area, but it's not. So like intent does matter as long as you can be like, wow, I fucked up, and I see where, how, and like why I fucked up. I don't want to do that again, and that's not what I was trying to do. Like I need to fucking fix that. Yeah, that's absolutely. Different. Yeah, and I think on that note, I mean to bring it back to like the the Hems World in Aviation, the uh, I know the pilots at least uh, depending on uh, who you're working for or who you're working with, they kind of have a system like that. It's like if you make a mistake and you realize you made a mistake and you own up to it and you go and report yourself when you make that mistake, they're going to be much more understanding of the mistake you made versus if you go and you try to hide it and they find right. out about it after the fact. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. Owning up to a mistake and not only owning up to it, owning up to a mistake is the easy part, but then coming up with a plan to make sure that mistake doesn't happen again. Absolutely. That's where that real, uh, to quote Jocko here, that's where that extreme ownership kind of takes <laughs> takes uh, takes effect and you, you really kind of get buy-in from whoever the bosses are and whoever uh, whoever you're reporting to. Yep. You, you know, uh, to, to bring things kind of like some of the conversation back full circle, like in your job now that you have, what job would you say you had before that made you like uh r- more rounded to do the job you're doing now like one job they gave you uh like you learned the less i guess let me ask a question is that you learned a lesson in this job way back in your life that now makes you a better at your current dobo job you know this is going to sound pretty simple but it's one of my first jobs when i was like 14 years old i got a job being a dishwasher at a uh kitchen at a restaurant that we just like cook breakfast food and the boss was like i have one rule here if you see something needs to be done do it don't pass it up pick it up yeah and that's kind of i i kind of preach that to my kids and it's a lesson i've kind of carried on through me and that was been 20 something years ago and it still carries on today so when you see something address it and try to make it better and that's kind of that's kind of the philosophy i carry with me through uh, my current job absolutely and yeah you can apply that to everything and that's yeah that translates into everything. Yeah, absolutely, man. You, you know, it's funny, man. As a little kid, I would watch my, my old man would say, you know, and, and, you know, I would go and you get to go, like, ride and, like, almost like, you know, you get to go ride and see your old man at fires, you know. And uh, my dad would always say, you never walk by a hose. You know what I mean? 
you always pick up the hose and you take some hose inside with you. And like, it's like, you know, it's one of the, I've, man, like, I remember being out, like, I mean, I got fucking goosebumps. Like, you know, like a six year old kid hear my old man say that. Don't walk by the fucking hose, pick it up, go in and take some in with you. Years later, I'm sitting at the fire department on a, at a house fire and I'm going to walk by some hose, grab some, take it in there with me. You know what I mean? And it just makes a difference to that guy in there fucking. When you're on a hose line and you're inside of a house fire, you don't want to. The last thing you want to do is pull fucking hose, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, you're working this thing. You're just fucking sitting there squirting, burnt, you know, hot as fuck. And the last thing you want to do is like not feel like you have to fucking go back and pull pull line to get to where the destination you're at, you know? Yeah. Like one of the things I got kind of you both have been touching on it, you know, but to hit it from my angle. Um like when I was in the military, it's like you're not done doing what you're doing when you're done. You're done doing when you're what you're doing when you can look around and everybody else is done too. Yeah. And like you and you have to and if you you aren't looking at it the right way until you can finish doing what you're doing and look around and be like, that guy's not done. And then tell yourself it's a fucking privilege for me to be able to go over there and help him finish doing what he's doing. And I don't want to go home because I'm done. I want to go over here and help him finish. Like when you get to that, like that's. That's where you need to get to. And you both are saying the same thing, you know, like through your own experiences. But like, that's just how I see it. It's like fucking help a brother out. I had a first song. He said HBO all the time. And when, it first, when he first said it, he explained it. He goes, help a brother out. He goes, look around. When you're done doing what you're doing, help a brother out. Yeah, absolutely. And if you do that all day long, like everybody will do that for you. And everybody, once everybody's doing that for each other, you can be in a room with 10 guys and you no longer have to worry about yourself because you got nine other guys looking out for you. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and you know, the, um, it's funny. One of the last things I want to kind of bring up, um, and it just clicked into my head because I always thought about that, having Doughboy here on, uh, on the podcast. And one of the questions that comes up uh, more more frequently than none, and this is like in Doughboy's history, you know, you were a fireman before this, right? Yep, did about 10 years. And, and um, then you had to make that decision of like, you know, I want to, I want this, this job as a flight paramedic versus uh, flying. And like um, at, that, at that moment in time, like, I don't know, can you like, um, obviously, I don't know, you, you like being a firefighter, you know, that was part of oh, your yeah, life yeah, for yeah. 10 yeah, years. Yeah, but you had to make that decision, right? So, you know, some people ask all the time, like you, somebody just asked last class about it. You know, it was, uh, for me personally, it was an easy decision. And uh, part of that was because uh, uh, my mom, she got really sick. She came down, she lived with me, and I got to take care of her. And while I was taking care of her, and I was a medic, I thought it was a good medic. I was like, shit, I don't know anything about taking care of, like, legitimate sick people. And then, uh, so once she passed away, I went and I was like, I need to, I need to know more. And so I started jumping into taking critical care classes and uh, just expanding my knowledge. And it, the more I dove into medicine, the more I, I started to love it. And uh, while well, I love firefighting and uh, all the things that are involved with it, I love the fire station. I love the crews I got to work with. Uh, my heart was in medicine. And so for me, it was an easy, easy decision. I wanted to take care of the sickest of sick people and I wanted to provide them the best care I possibly could. And so for me, it was an easy decision once the opportunity came to go and uh, leave the fire department to uh, to make that jump in and, and go and do it. Now, what, what, oh, yeah. what do you say you miss the most out of the whole of the fire department? Oh, my crew. 100%. Yeah, the guys. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. what everybody says, yeah, man. Yeah, my crew, man. Yeah, I had, we had a tight crew, man. That was like, they're some of my best friends. Uh, still keep in touch with them to this day. Um, 
but uh, it's uh, I, I had to do a decision that was best for me, best for my family. But yeah, I definitely love those guys. But it, it was it was time for me to move on. You, you, have you been back since you uh, since you left? Yeah, it's kind of nice because uh, where I get stationed sometimes uh, my drive home I get to, it's just like a 10, 15 minute detour to go to my station, my old oh, station. Yeah. So uh, I'll call the boys up see if they're still there and get to swing by the station once or twice a year, kind of hang out, catch up, and all that good stuff. So it's kind of nice. You know, so man, since I left, uh, you know, I lived down the street from the station I worked less <laughs> at, you know, like literally down the street. And, and since since I left, I, I I've had the hard now. I've stopped by to get something like on a different shift or something, but I've had a hard time like um, going back and seeing the guys. Like, it's crazy, man. Like, and I ran into them, you know, at the store. They're like always like, hey, man, come back and see eat some dinner. And like, ran into them at the hospital and in there. And uh, man, this is the hardest time. I don't know why, but I just can't. Like, you know, you, you know, people go to the golf tournament with these guys. We did all kinds of stuff. And it's just like, um, Man, I I tell you out of all the things that that, that was that, that was the hardest thing was uh when I left there I didn't leave on happy. You know what I mean? I didn't leave any you know, I just left cuz it was time to go. Yep. And, and um it's so hard for me to go back. I, I just can't do it. Like I go, oh, man, I think about it, you know, I'm like, man, this was a the biggest part of my my whole adult life and I just can't like face it sometimes. It just seems so foreign. It is so separated and far away, and I'm like, man, it's just it's crazy. I don't know. It's just to me, it's just like a different thing, you know. Um, but I, I think it was time, and things like today make it like so real that when you see, like, I don't know what it is, man. I just watching those like you know ten names on the wall today that I was like, I was like, man, that like those are ten names that we're responsible that I'm responsible for. You know, I feel responsible personally, like involved, like us as a crew and you know we made a change in like in in a in a program and it's um you've been uh, doughboy's been around since since we started and it's like um you know we've come a long way <laughs> you know oh yeah absolutely it's a long way you know to be doing this and like to me it's just like uh, it, that was very humbling to see that you know and, and you know i would say that um I caught I caught the 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 plaque after having a really shitty fucking afternoon, so you know it was just a share. I guess maybe it's an overshare, but you know today when we were teaching, like I had to, like um, Doughboy went in to teach and lecture and do his lecture, and then I had to like go in and do like a Zoom um, court hearing thing, you know, with with my ex, and and you know those are, that's a big source of anxiety for me, man. Like. And again, maybe it's an overshare. I don't give a fuck. But like, no. just, 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 just telling you, it's like the level of anxiety that shit gives me, just still to this day, it, it, it's horrific. It's horrific. I'm anxious. I hate dealing with it, and it just it ruined my day. But anything that like, like honestly, like I was sitting there like probably for like, you know, a good twenty five minutes after that shit was done, that I was sitting there thinking I was gonna go like. Hey, Robbie, uh, I mean, Dobo, can you go in and just do your... Yeah, it's so hard not to go. Can you go in and, and just finish, find something else to finish finish with? Because it's just I didn't have it. And it wasn't until I saw the plaque and I went and saw the plaque and I looked at these guys and I'm like, you know, like, fuck that shit. Fuck you, that shit. I got to go in and just fucking do my shit. Remember when we recorded that video, um... The, the thank you for your support video that's on our YouTube channel. You yeah. said something in that video, and you said, you know, you can only do so much as an individual practitioner. 
Yeah, but if you can teach people to go out there and be an extension of yourself and, and do that in their own manner, in their own delivery, and with the same intent, then then you can save way more lives than you ever will as an individual like be able to. And um, like that, that's who you are, man. And like when the, when that plaque got put on those wall on that wall, like those nine guys that came through that class, or those ten guys, like that that that's an extension of you. And then they're gonna go and they're gonna share that with others, and that's gonna be an extension of them. Like that's. That's you that, that did that. You've done that your whole career as you've been teaching, man. And well, I hope I, so. You know, it's definitely the it's definitely the um, the thing that lets me sleep at times. You know, and ex- exactly. And that's that's my point that I'm trying to make is like I think you know that brings you it brings you it grounds you, you know, and you and, and that allows yeah. you to you know go back in there. And since you brought it up, as soon as you went back to the class. I remember sitting there, I was on the computer, and I, I remember hearing one thing, and I was like, it made my day, is I knew what was on your mind, I knew what you had just gone through, and I heard you roaring laughing at the end of the hallway in that classroom with those guys. And I was like, no, is that, 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 that was, I was like, cool, we're, we're back at it. It's definitely my comfort zone, man, and you know, it's... Um, and then, you know, there was some news today, too, on like, you know, somebody that, you know, that like, as as much as I don't get along with that person and stuff, like just watching their lives work, not all, all of a sudden just go down the tubes too, you know. Like, and if any of that is true, you know, because who we got the news from, you know what I mean? Maybe, may, but like if, if that's true, then I feel bad about it too, because because you know what, like no matter what's happened in the last few years, like I felt like I was part of that for a long time. I was there at the start of that, and, and, and like. There's some good fucking dudes that came out of that, you know, and like, um, and we're not going to trash people's shit and I'll tell who it is, but like, man, there's some fucking badass dudes that came out of that deal. Then now, like, it can go back and go, well, I hope it's not true because it's like, again, you know, obviously we're not, you know, best buds or anything like that and this shit, but I really hope that that's not true because like anybody's out there that knows me, they know what the fuck we're talking about. And it's just like, because, man, some good dudes came out of that shit. Like, really good paramedics. Like, fucking life changers. You know what I mean? And, like, it's like, to watch that go down, it, I go, man, that's, that's still somebody's life work, and it's gone. I hope that that's not true. You I know, really... <clears throat> I don't know a whole lot about the situation, but from the outside kind of looking in, uh, I hope it's a motivation to stay on top of your game. Um, yeah, absolutely. Do the right educa- thing. As an educator, do the right thing. Kind do of bring it back to what we were talking about. Earlier. Do the right thing. Yeah. Be on top of your game and do what's best for the people that you're trying to educate and uh, make sure you're providing them the, the best thing possible. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's a, that's a life message right there, man. That is the life message right there. I, I, I did think of one thought today that when I went back into the classroom and it was this and like it's out like of fight club, right? You know, at a fight club, what is the one thing you wish you had done? You're dying, right? You remember that that whole thing? Like, so so you get become part of Project Mayhem. One of the things a part of Project Mayhem is you would have that one thing that if today was your last day, you wish you would have done. It was your life achievement. What would it be? What's your life achievement, Ryan? Oh, sorry. I thought you were... Tell I thought you were getting at something. You're yeah, 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 yeah. You ever seen that part? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, but I thought you were, I wasn't prepared to, I wasn't trying to figure out an answer. I thought you were taking a different angle. What would your life achievement have been? My life achievement is I want 
I want to make sure that I bring the best out of people that I interact with. Yeah. Like that is that's I I I've, there's a part of me feels like that's I don't know if it's an ability or or a, a will of mind of mine, but it's something that I I know that I do do and I enjoy doing it and I I do it on purpose. Um is is to bring the best out in others because the more that I try to bring the best version of others out of themselves, I'm able to do the same with myself. Yeah, well, what's your life achievement there, Doughboy? You made it. Yeah, you know, um, mine would be to just to teach my children to to love the Lord and to serve Him. Because if you're serving Him, you're serving others. Yeah, yeah you, you know, man, I looked at a plaque today, bro, and I know I'm at my life achievement today. You know, it's one of my life achievements. You know what I mean? But I let me go back to the other day when I'm when I'm talking to my son on the phone who's in boot camp, you know, and he gives me a call, and this dude. <laughs> And Doughboy was laughing about this earlier. He's like, this dude goes, uh, you know, the, the the last time I talked to him, he said he was really hungry. He's like, hey, Dad, I'm not getting enough food, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden I talked to him this week, and he goes, hey, Dad, I figure out how to get more food. You know, <laughs> I started a little business while I'm here. When he says that, I'm scared, you know, <laughs> like what he's doing. But he got, apparently this asshole is good at closets and um, lockers and folding clothes. Yeah, I mean, as long as he ain't sucking dick for money. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a good day. He's a fucking winning. Like, hey, he's still winning. 19 years, he's still winning. So, so like. So this dude apparently can fold clothes like nobody's mother. They teach you how to do that. Yeah, and he's good at staging a locker for like an inspection. So he's he's <laughs> he's trading that for pancakes. I've seen that boy's bedroom before he left the boot camp. Yeah, it, it, I'm it. not believing you. Yeah, I, I'm fucking shocked. I want to hit him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man. Every day that kid goes out there and he does something great. That's my life achievement. And, and, and you know, and, and that's awesome because it, for me, I'm getting a second chance too because I got these two kids, step kids now, and, and like I'm hoping that that they turn out, you know, as well as that kid did, you know, and that kid turned out great in amongst a great adversity, you know, and and um, I think the one thing that that kid has put out is the fact that he's never seen me quit at shit, and that's the that's the biggest thing. Like I've never quit at anything. I've felt like it. Yeah, and I'm gonna fucking lie, man. I felt like fucking horrible at times, and and um, but that kid's never seen me quit. And like I said, like it's like no inner bitch in me, you know. So he goes out and he fucking tries to have no inner bitch, you know. Absolutely. And with that, I would say it's time to go. <laughs> yeah, man. So anything else good for the order there before we go to close, my friend? Uh, no. Yeah. Doughboy. Doughboy. Thank you, boys, for having me. Hopefully, yeah. uh, hopefully this makes the cut. <laughs> I I honestly think that it's like people are gonna think Randy Van Zandt from fucking you know uh, from Leonard Skinner was on here. <laughs> oh, <scary>. motherfucker! <laughs> hey, man, go fuck yourself. <laughs>